This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. We're going to talk about where is your faith located? Where is your faith located? Now, yesterday we talked, uh, in my sessions, we talked a lot about faith and the lifestyle of faith. And so that's the foundational, in my view, that is the foundational uh, uh, part of, of a life of faith or a faith that receives from God is to have the foundation of a faith life, how, how you live your life, uh, which would carry you back into uh, to holiness, morals, and the lights went out. And so, and, uh, and, and those things are very, very important to your, your faith uh, as a whole, how you live your, your life. And so, we are going to uh, proceed onward, amen. Now, the word location, it means to identify a place or a position. In other words, uh, you could say my house, my home, my car, whatever is located, and you could, you could tell the place, uh, you know, and so that's where that particular thing would exist. So there, there are several locations of faith that the Bible talks about, that Jesus himself talked about it. And it was, it is, it is, a, it is described to us in three, three, three words that Jesus used, uh, maybe four, but, but he, Jesus said one time, how is it that you have no faith? Then he said one time, O ye of little faith. Then he said to the Roman centurion concerning his servant, he said, I have not found so great faith. So those are three places that your faith could be. It could be little. It, it could be, or, or backing it all the way back, it could be non-existent, or it could be little, or it could be great. And so obviously, the greater that, that, that an individual's faith becomes, then obviously there, there is more. Not only do we... Uh, that we can receive from God, but we all, it also enlarges our vision or our, our thoughts where that we then want to reach out to other people and uh, because of the faith that has so blessed our lives. So those three things. So locate means to identify a place or position. And one of the first things that we must know when a challenge comes against our faith, you have to know where is my faith located? In other words, you need to know what you can believe God for. Now, I say that in, in reference to this. Uh, you know, sometimes people will take faith uh, off kind of in the extreme, and they've come up sometimes with the thought that, well, if I had faith, then it would be against my faith if I used the medical profession or if I went to a doctor. But you got to know where your faith is located because it's difficult for a person who has little faith to receive uh, life-giving miracles from God. So, so it's, it's very important to know what can you believe God for. 
So when a challenge comes against your life, and it will, and they will, and they do, I have to know what, what is the capacity of my faith. What will my faith do? What level is my faith on? And so uh, Jesus used those terms when he talked to his disciples, when he said, uh, how is it that you have no faith? O ye of little faith, I have not seen such great faith. He's talking to his disciples in this. So it's important to know what you can believe God for because there are other, uh, there are helps many times where healing and, and health are concerned. There is help. Sometimes if, if your faith is not up here on this level to receive divinely from God, you can still use your faith, but also uh, use the help that God has placed in the earth for you. But the goal is to get your faith up on the highest level. That's the goal. Get your faith up on the top shelf where you can take your faith and believe God and know that you can receive from God whatever he has promised you in his word. And so locating your faith becomes a very important thing for, for all of us to do. Now we're going to begin this morning in Mark's gospel. I'm going to read a verse in the, in, the, uh, in the fourth chapter of the book of Mark, the 40th verse. I'm just going to read that one verse, but give you a little background on the, uh, on the, on the story that's told here. How that Jesus was teaching his disciples and he was expounding upon the kingdom of God. He was expounding upon faith. And so he said, uh, the kingdom of God is, is as if a man should cast seed into the ground. So he gave a principle for kingdom living. He said, uh, the kingdom of God is as if a man would or should cast uh, seed into the ground. That's, that's a kingdom principle. Seed sowing is a kingdom principle. Well, now we, we know this. We've all learned this over time through the years that uh, the, another parable where Jesus was talking, he said, the seed is the word. So he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man would cast seed into the ground. So we know the seed that he's talking about is what he says, his word. And so he's, he said, the kingdom of God then is, is, is the kingdom living and faith and all of that that's connected together then, then uh, it, it, it revolves around the seed of God's word. Well, now we know how faith comes, don't we? Faith does not come by praying. Uh, I know I've had people to ask me, as a pastor, I've had people to ask me, uh, uh, Brother Cowan, would you uh, pray that God would give me more faith? And of course, to be honest and sincere with him, you have to say, well, no, I, won't. I can't pray that God will give you more faith because that's not the way God has it set up. So faith doesn't come by praying. But we know how it comes, don't we? Faith comes by Romans 10, 17. What does it say? Faith comes by, by hearing. Now, let me, let, me, let me talk a little bit about that before we get into hearing. How do you know when you have heard the word, or let me, let me phrase it to you this way. How do you know when you have received the word that you're hearing? So obviously you have to hear the word, 
for faith to come, but you also have to receive the word in order for faith to be sown in your heart. And so here's how you can tell it. When you hear the word and then you go to the next step and receive the word, then when you are provoked by the word to do what the word says do, you heard it and you've received it. Otherwise, you, you've heard it, but you haven't received it. So a lot of times we can hear the word. We can hear, you know, good preachers and teachers and others, uh, you know, that expounds on the word. And we could think, well, that's really good. I enjoyed that. But the real crux of the matter is simply this. Did I, did I hear it? Yes. Did I receive it? Yes. And if I did, I'm going to be what? Acting upon it. So not everybody that hears the word receives it. And not everybody who hears the word is provoked to act upon it. But, but when you find yourself provoked, and I use that word provoked, uh, encouraged, energized, whatever the right word is, uh, to do what you, are, what you personally read from the scriptures yourself, what you hear taught from the scriptures by other people, when you come to the place that you're so moved, it move, and you have been moved to respond to what you have heard, that means you have received it because you have been moved to act upon it. And so that's what, that's what faith is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we know then as Jesus spoke here and, and he was teaching his disciples in this fourth chapter of the book of Mark, and he's talking about uh, the kingdom of God is as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Then a little bit later, uh, a few verses down from that, he said, uh, talking about the kingdom, and he said, uh, uh, it, it, is as, it is as a mustard seed that, that when the seed is sown. And so you can have the seed of faith, uh, the seed of the word, but that seed has to be sown. In other words, you have to put action, some action to what you have heard that has brought faith to you. You heard it, you received it, you act upon it. So he said it's as a mustard seed that when it is sown, it, I think one, one translation says it, it is small, but, but once it grows up, it shoots out great branches, fowls of the air come and lodge under the shade of it. So we, we know this, that faith has a, this, this potential and characteristic that it'll grow. Faith will grow when it's put in the right environment. And so you can't pray for faith. The Bible doesn't tell us to pray for faith. You can't pray that God would, uh, uh, you know, make your faith greater. And uh, you can't get somebody to agree with you that your faith will become greater. It becomes a personal issue of my desire to get all of the word that I can in me, in my mind, my soul, soulish area, so that all of that process is taking place so that faith is growing, faith is growing. So that's why uh, that, that one thing we can appreciate here is your hunger for the word, that we can appreciate people, uh, not only, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
receiving the word ourselves as ministers, but we can appreciate people who are interested in hearing about the word, the word of faith, as we say. We're, in, uh, we're, we're encouraged by that. Why? Because even though we've heard it before, if we keep hearing it and keep hearing it and keep hearing it until we are provoked in, this, in a good way, provoked till we are putting all that we hear into practice in our life, we know then our faith is growing. It's growing. It's growing. And so it'll grow. It will grow. And, and uh, it will, at some point, as, you, as we continue to be diligent, our faith will become a great faith. Because when it's great, it'll do for you what you say. Jesus said man can have what he says. And so when you get to great faith, then what you speak, you can have it. That's the, that's the teaching that Jesus, that was, that was with the Roman centurion. When he said to Jesus, he said, you don't have to come lay hands on my son. Speak the word only and my son shall be healed. He said, Jesus said that. Jesus marveled at his faith and he called that man's faith great. And he was not even an Israelite. He said, I haven't found such great faith even among my own people, he said. And so when you come to that place in life that you speak, you know, all in the framework of what the scripture, uh, what Jesus has done, you speak it and you know beyond all doubt that it shall be that way. Jesus said, you have that. He said, whosoever shall say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Now, when you, when you read that verse of scripture, you gotta, you gotta connect your soul to that. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Great faith. And so we all want great faith, don't we? And it's, it's not just so that, that, that all the blessing is just necessarily showered upon us. Sure, we receive the blessing of God, but we want great faith so we can help other people. And this Roman centurion was helping his servant. And so his faith had got up there on that top level, got up on the top rung. I'll tell you, when Jesus goes to bragging on your faith, you know, you're up close to the top rung, you know. And so that's where this man found himself. So Jesus makes this statement then in the 40th verse to his disciples. They have listened to Jesus teach, teach the parable of sowing seed. There's the teaching of it. And then after, after they had, Jesus had finished teaching this to the crowd, he pulled the disciples aside and expounded more fully or completely. I mean, uh, you know, he took them from high school to college. He took them from the level that he was teaching the people, all the people. He, he brought and called them aside and expounded upon the teaching that he had just done. So he fortified with his words, you know, where the disciples were concerned, what he was saying and the truth of what he was saying and the, uh, uh, and the, the power uh, in what he was saying. And so he, he pulled them aside. Then he made a statement. How many of you believe when Jesus talks, everybody ought to listen? And everything ought to listen. You know, how many, how many of you know Jesus spoke to things and things obeyed him? So now this is what Jesus did. 
he said to the disciples, he said, let us go over to the other side. Now it's out. I mean, when Jesus spoke it, it's out there. Well, we know when Jesus speaks, it's truth. When Jesus speaks, he's up here. He's up here on great faith level. And when Jesus speaks, whatever he says, it's going to happen. It's, that's just the way it's going to be when he speaks. So he's, he, he, is, he's, he gives them, this is what he said to them here out in this 40th verse. And he said unto them, why are you fearful? Now, you know, you, gotta, you kinda got to think a little bit with Jesus, maybe what he was thinking. We, you know, we don't know for sure, obviously. But you got to be thinking, look, guys, I've been teaching you all day long. And I said, let us go over to the other side. And you out here, you're afraid. Why are you afraid? And the disciples, you know, they didn't say, well, we're afraid what you said wasn't true. No, they didn't say that, but they became afraid of the circumstances. They became afraid of the storm. They were afraid of the wind. And so Jesus, Jesus now marveled at their unbelief, I guess you could say. And he said, why, why are you so fearful? Connected. Jesus must have been thinking, look, guys, I've been teaching all day, teaching the crowd. And when, when the crowd dispersed and I pulled you guys aside, and I really expounded this teaching to you. Now tell me something. Why are you afraid? So they were afraid of the circumstances. Well, now you may not be out on the water, but we all have some circumstances. The circumstances comes to us all, isn't that right? If it's nothing but a hangnail or whatever, whatever it is, we all have some circumstances that'll come our way. Now you're gonna be able to tell where your faith level is at is to how that circumstance affects your thinking. And, uh, and so uh, nothing really affected Jesus' thinking, but something did affect the disciples' thinking. So they're out there, they're out there, and once again, let me read it. And he, and, uh, and he said unto them, when the storm was there, he said unto them, why are you so fearful? Now, here, now he asked them two questions. Then the next question he asked them was this, how, how is it that you don't have any faith? I've been talking to you all day. How in the world is it? Well, he didn't say that, did he? He didn't say it like that. But that's, that's you know. How is it that you have no faith? Indicated, look, look, every word that I've spoken to you today has been faith-filled. Every word you've got in front of you here this, uh, this morning is faith-filled. The word, of, the word of the Lord is faith-filled. It's filled full of the faith of God. And so it's called, Paul in the Roman letter, he called it the word of faith. And so we see then that Jesus is, is kind of mystified here, I guess. Obviously he knew, but anyway, he asked them the question, I think, I believe, just that he might strike their attention. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So you can, you can, you can, uh, God, understand this. And I'm going to try to get this down here. To, you, you can hear the word and you can read the word yourself, but there is things that has to happen within me 
in order for me to receive what the word is presenting to me. And the word is presenting to me faith. Faith, let me, if you'll pardon me, keep it, repeating myself. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by or through or the vehicle of the word of God. And so Jesus then is, has done that all day, taught them, and now it does not seem like it, it soaked in, as we say, to the disciples. So he said, why are you so fearful and how is it? So you can hear, you can hear the master, you can hear Jesus talk and he truly is talking the word of faith, but there is a responsibility that, that comes to bear upon me to receive it, to not only hear it, but to receive it. And the way that you know that you have received that word is when you have been, you have been encouraged, I use the word provoked, you have been provoked to act upon uh, the word that you've heard. And so we see then just because that we read the Bible does not mean that we necessarily receive what it's there and what it's bringing to us. Okay, so he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now, let me be real practical here. Jesus had just finished teaching the parable of the sower, had taken his disciples aside and expounded this teaching to them. So the word expound in, in this particular a situation here is he more fully explained what he had been teaching all day. He didn't do it to the crowd, but he did it to his disciples. He more fully explained it. He filled in between the lines. He, he brought out the, the, the detail, the nitty gritty of what he was saying and expounded that. Then he made the statement. What was the statement that he made? Let us go over to the other side. And so to really grasp Jesus' teaching and the other times that they no doubt had heard him teach, they, they, they had to understand if Jesus said it, this is the way it's going to be. If Jesus says it, it doesn't matter the circumstances, this is the way it's going to be. So they had to grab a hold of that. They had to get that, you know, from here to here, as we say. And so they, they failed, on this occasion, they failed to, to do that. Okay, now, uh, expound means that he explained the parable to them in detail. He must have said, my word works like a seed. There's faith in my word planted in your heart, planted in your thinking. And so uh, that, that his word works like a seed. When you say it, and believe it, and you, you uh, act upon it, you're planting it, and it starts working like a seed that's planted in the ground. You know, we don't have any problem, you know, if you've ever, if you've ever planted a flower garden, if you've ever planted a vegetable garden, or if you've ever had any agricultural experience, farming, as we say, then the, the whole premises of that is seed. Isn't that true? But, you know, you can go, you can go down to the local wherever you buy see that, you know, at home, you can get it at the hardware store, uh, a hardware store. But you know what? Seed on the shelf has great potential. But until the seed's taken off of the shelf and put into its proper environment, the potential is latent. It's there, but it's, it is non-productive as long as it remains 
on the shelf. So we see then that, that the seed of the word has to be, as it were, taken off of the shelf, planted in our hearts, in our mind, as we talked about yesterday, and then comes through our words and comes through our actions. Now we've got it in the ground and it starts doing its thing. Isn't that right? I mean, seed, you put it in the ground, give it some moisture, and it just starts doing what it does. That's the way faith is. You get it in the right environment and it just starts doing what it does. And so this word that Jesus spoke, let us pass over to the other side. You know, as far as Jesus was concerned, I got it in the ground. It doesn't matter what the situation or circumstances that we may encounter, the seed is doing its thing. What was the seed doing? It's taking them to the other side. The storm couldn't stop it and the wind couldn't stop it. Jesus knew that, so he was quite peaceful on the boat. Isn't that right? His mind was quite at rest on the boat because the seed was doing what it does. Amen. And so the seed of God's word will produce because it'll do what it does if you put that seed in the right environment. You got to put it in your heart. Got to get it in your heart. And, and you, you got you to drown your mind in it, so to speak. You got to wash your mind, renew uh, your mind with it. Why? Because the circumstances that will cause me to doubt what the seed is doing, it would, will be those circumstances. It'll be what I see. Now, let's, let's go on in this story here uh, a little bit and talk a little bit more about it because we see the disciples getting over into an arena that sometimes we get over into. And then, then Jesus, he said, let us pass over to the other side and they got into a ship and started to the other side. Keep in mind, Jesus, the word of God had been spoken, seed had been planted. Now, on the way over, a storm arose. And uh, Jesus was asleep in the ship. See, that's another great characteristic of faith getting up here close to the top. In the midst of the storm, you have peace. You have peace. In other words, what am I, what am I saying? Your faith has overcome anxieties because of circumstances. Your faith has overcome uh, the things that circumstances may present uh, themselves to you. So Jesus was in perfect peace. His faith had him in perfect peace. And so uh, Jesus is asleep on, on the boat, somewhere on the boat. He's asleep. And so they encounter the storm. And so, you know, a storm's a great place to use your faith, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And so, here they are. They're out there, and, and a storm arises. A storm comes up. And the disciples then, instead of having the peace, after Jesus has spent all day with them, what were they? They were afraid. Well, now, listen. Fear simply means that there is a distrust where God's concerned. Fear always, always goes to the thoughts of can I trust what God said? Now, everybody in here is going to raise your hand when I said, how many of you here today trust God? We're all going to get it up, aren't, isn't that right? Because we're going to say that. And, and that's okay. That's okay. I'm not, I don't mean to say, but, but even though we say that, we're saying it when maybe no storm is present. You know, as we say it back home, I don't know how you say it here in, uh, 
in Africa, but we say everything's hunky-dory. That means everything's okay. Life is good. Oh, my goodness, goodness. But now here comes a storm. And this, this thing that was so good seems to have escaped me some kind of way. And so Jesus has this wonderful peace because of his faith. I'll tell you, people, faith will bring you into a wonderful land of peace. Amen. And when the devil's howling, the winds are blowing, and the water is raging, and circumstances are everywhere around you, I'll tell you, faith will bring you a, a, a calm and a peace because you know if you just say what God says, if you just say what the Word says, and you believe what the Word says, and you have received what the Word says, and you planted the Word uh, in the ground of your heart, you just know, praise God, we're going to go to the other side. This storm's not going to keep us from getting to the other side. This circumstance is not going to keep me from receiving what God's promised to me. So the peace, the wonderful peace of God, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Oh, boy. It, what does it do? It'll garrison round about your heart, round about your mind, so that all of your care has been cast over and upon the word of God, and that means worry has left your life, anxiety has left your life, fear has departed from your life, and we see that perfect picture in the master. We don't see it in the disciples. I mean, something has gone askew here where the disciples are concerned. Now, we'd all say this today. Wouldn't it be wonderful if Jesus would just come down here and teach this class? Oh, Lord. now we'd all say that would just be grand, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, we'd, we'd line up out here at 4 o'clock in the morning. You know what I'm saying? We, Jesus is teaching today. We'd line up out there, you know, because Jesus is teaching. But what, if that were, you know, true, uh, then we certainly wouldn't want to be like the disciples. Now, you know, say, so, well, what do you mean? I mean, these, those were his disciples. Well, we, we, wouldn't, we would not want to respond to what Jesus would be saying the way the disciples did, responded to Jesus. And so, we, you know, those are things that you have to remember along the way. You have to keep all these things in mind when you're walking uh, in the faith life. And then uh, on the way over, a storm arose. Jesus was asleep in the ship. The disciples were afraid, and they run to Jesus. Well, that's a good place to go, isn't it? But Jesus don't always tell you what you want him to tell you. He don't always say to you what you want him to say to you. He, he, he don't always pat you on the back in, in a sense of speaking, you know. He don't always do that. And he didn't pat the disciples on the back. But uh, he said to him, he asked these questions, how is it? Why is it? How is it that you have no faith? And... Uh, and so they didn't get the response from Jesus, perhaps, that they were wanting or expected to get from him because Jesus knew that he had given them enough word that day if they had heard it, received it, and would just act upon it, that they too could do what Jesus did. Are, are, are you with me? That they too, what did Jesus do? They woke him up, and what did, they, what did he do? He got up and started wringing his hands. And the disciples was gathered all around wringing their hands. 
And they were all saying, oh my goodness, what in the world are we going to do? No, that's not what Jesus did, was it? What did, he, what did he do? He just simply got up and he spoke. Did you hear me? He got up and spoke. But he didn't speak fear. And he didn't speak unbelief. He spoke to the storm. He spoke to the circumstance. He, he spoke to the situation. And what did he say? Peace. Be still. And guess what? What was the result? And there was peace. And I don't know what the disciples said. They might have been sitting there looking. They might say, well, golly, look at that. But what they, what they failed to realize, that Jesus had been teaching them all day, that what I'm saying to you has the power to calm a storm. It has the power to calm the raging waters. It has the power to calm every anxious thought, every, every thought. It, it has the power to calm our mind, our soul, our hearts, and give us perfect peace in the midst of the storm. Why? Because faith speaks to things and things obeys faith. And when Jesus spoke to the water and spoke to the wave, the waves and the water obeyed him. All right. And that's good news, isn't it? Oh, dear me. I could go home shouting on that. Amen. And so the Living Translation says, do you, Jesus, quoting Jesus, do you still not have faith in me? That's the, when he said, uh, when he asked him the question, how is it that you have no faith the New Living Translation words it like, like that. It said that Jesus said, do you still not have faith in me? Now, get, now, get, get what he's basing that, that question to them. He's basing that on the teaching of the parable that he did that day. And he said, do you still not have faith in me after you've heard me teach you all day? So he said, uh, he, he asked, asked that question. And remember... Remember something now that, that's important to us here. Remember that the disciples had never seen him rebuke the wind and the sea. They had never seen that. That's like people say sometimes, well, if I could just see it, I would believe it. Well, if you can see it, you wouldn't have to believe it, would you? Isn't that right? So uh, that's what people will say sometimes. Well, if I could just see it, I would believe it. But that, that's, that's inverted that's not the way faith works. Faith sees into the realm of the unseen. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary in the, in the face of faith. Temporary means they ain't going to stay very long. Or they're not going to stay. When they're temporary, it's not going to stay. Something, somewhere, they're going to they're move out. So he said, uh, he said, uh, uh, for the things which are seen are what? Are temporal, but the things which are not seen. Well, now, how are you going to see things that are not seen? you got a book. you got the manual right in front of you this morning, the Bible. That's how you see it. You, you take that word and you read it and you meditate it and you get it inside of you until it paints a picture. On the inside of you. I never will forget years and years and years and years and years and years and years ago. Now you wonder how old I am now, don't you? Uh, I heard the preacher say this. Words paint pictures. 
And so he gave this little simple illustration, which really enlightened me. And, and, and he, said, uh, he said, dog. Well, immediately I saw my dog. We had a dog. I saw my dog. Then, then he said, big dog. Picture painting. Big, big brown dog. See, what's he doing? He's painting the picture. And big brown dog in front yard. See, he's adding more to the picture. Are you hearing me? Okay. And then he said, big brown dog in yard barking. What's he doing? Everything he says, he's painting a picture. So the word of God is designed to paint a picture to us, to give us a picture. It gives us a picture of what faith will do. The word does. It'll paint a picture for you. And so uh, we see then that the disciples here on this occasion, they had not yet developed that picture. But Jesus had that picture of going to the other side. He had that quite developed on the inside of him. And so then he asked the disciples, and, and, and uh, pardon me if I continue to repeat myself, but then he asked the disciples, do you still not have faith? And then... Uh, uh, remember they had not seen Jesus do that so they had no basis for faith on something that they had seen or had no basis for faith on what they had not seen. But faith does not come on that basis. Faith comes on the basis of what? Of the word. How does it come? Now I know you know these things but I must ask you. How does faith come? Here and by the word of God. Faith doesn't come but praying. Faith doesn't come by fasting. Now, we ought to pray, and we ought to do some fasting. We ought to do those good things, but that's not the way faith gets here. How does it get here? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? The Word. What is the Word doing for you? It's painting a picture of what faith will do. And so Jesus had tried to paint a picture all day long teaching those disciples. He tried to paint a picture to them of what faith would do. But they couldn't grasp it because they'd never seen it. But yet when Jesus said it, the perfect, perfect example of what Jesus was saying to them that day and really telling them, you could do what I just did if you had, had you received what I've been teaching you all day. So what did he do? He spoke to the wind, he spoke to the water, he spoke to the waves. And what happened? They all rose up in anger and said, we're not leaving. No, 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 no. No, what did they do? They calmed. They settled down. And the wind and the waves obeyed him. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you, we have a power that God has made available to us through his, through his word. It's called faith. It's called believing, but yet believing is, is more than just saying that we believe it. There's action involved in it. Our words are involved in it. And then we see then that he gives a perfect example of what faith-filled words will do in the life of a believer. Disease will, will, disease will submit to it. Poverty or lack or need will su submit to, to that word or whatever the circumstances or situation might be, they will bow their knee to this power called faith. Amen. So say, thank God for faith. I had a person ask me not long ago, said, are you still preaching that faith stuff? 
you know, that's kind of befuddled me. But that's what he asked. He wanted to know if I was still preaching that faith stuff. He said, have you not moved on to other things? I said, right now I'm stuck right here on faith. <laughs> Why? Because what? The just, the righteous. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a lifestyle, folks. It's a lifestyle in the face of every obstacle, every situation or circumstance. When you got your lifestyle up on that top shelf, I'm telling you right now, things are no, I mean, things are not an obstacle that will prevent you from receiving what God has provided for you. <laughs> and so we see then here uh, in, this, in this reading, this story, I've read this story so many times and the have just pictured it in my mind a lot. But uh, 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 the disciples, they, they could have no faith based on what they had not seen or, or the fact that they hadn't seen this. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website, www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100 or 80 765 761 63